Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Latter Day Takes. I'm your host, Aubrey Anderson, tuning in once again. Sorry, I took a week off last week, and I'm a little late this week getting to it. No real particular reason why I talk about that a little bit in the first segment. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for tuning in again on today's episode. Talk about a few things. Also, you'll notice the sound quality is not stellar. I'm house sitting for my parents. I'm watching their two dogs. And what does that entail? That entails me forgetting my mic, my microphone, and refusing to go all the way to where I live, about 20 minutes away from where my parents are, just to get my microphone. Sorry, I know I did not make a huge sacrifice for you all this time around, but we'll be back. Fully loaded with the microphone next week. A couple things that I want to put on your radar. I am thinking of doing a review of Hocus Pocus 2. Problem is, that would mean I'd have to actually sit down and watch the whole thing. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I want to do that. Absolutely love the first one. Big fan. It's kind of like a tradition for me to bust that out every now and then for Halloween. Even if I'm alone, it's just nostalgic anyway. Maybe that makes me weird. I don't know. I probably am weird. So I don't – I saw the first Tower of Hocus Pocus 2, and it looked like one of the most garbage movies I could ever watch. So this really would be a sacrifice and maybe entertaining for some of the listeners. I'm still thinking about it. I think I'll do it. We'll be back. I want to do a little bit more scary story type stuff too. Not sure if I'll be able to fit that in at some point because I love Halloween. It's kind of fun to get in it. But anyway, we'll be back next week. But on today's episode – First segment, talk a lot of politics, because in a few weeks, we're going to have some big elections, right? Some big midterms, Senate, House, governors, all that stuff. I give my take on a lot of that, and then I give a little bit of a special twist about how Mike Lee was compared to Captain Moroni a long time ago, and a lot of people have taken issue with that. I kind of break it down to what I think it really is and what he's really saying, and then I give a little bit of my thoughts on Evan McMullen, Mike Lee, that situation, what I think is going to happen. Then we get into the main segment. Dr. Mike Hansen comes back on, who has placed first in form competitions before. Form competition is just when you look so good that they give you an award for it, basically, with your shirt off, beach body ready type stuff. Anyway, he gives me some tips on how to get ripped because I'm in a competition with my buddies. Body fat percentage, who can lose the most by around Thanksgiving. So anyway, we're still doing that. And then I close it out with, of course, a gospel segment. Oh, also, I forgot in the news segment, a couple emails to catch up on from Nephew Mark on the mission. So some good stuff there. And then the last segment is closing out with a spiritual thought. Some thoughts out of Second Nephi, specifically with uh, Nephi and asking for things and how to get them and things like that. So anyway, love you all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the other side. All right, ladies and gents, I am back after an unscheduled two-week pit stop. No real explanation. I'm, like Things are great. Life is good. Um, work is busy. It's not too busy. I don't really have a great excuse for not um, doing the podcast during busy, busy couple of weeks with work, and it's actually still busy. But anyway, still wanted to make this happen. I'm very grateful for the support I get and for people reaching out. And so that's why I kind of don't want to, you know, I don't want to just like stop without saying anything. Um, it's been fun. It's been a great time doing this podcast. I, I, I plan to keep doing it um, for the most part. I don't know if I'm going to change up the way I do it. Now, granted, works work for me will get a lot less busy uh, in the next, you know, after another week or so, maybe two weeks, right up until the elections. And, and then I'll kind of decide from there which direction I want to go is I might dip into YouTube. I may calm down. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I, I like, I like what's, uh, I like where I'm at. You know, I think I've built a nice foundation and I have a great support group and I'm thinking of ways to maybe expand on things in the podcast or like I said, pulling back. I still haven't really decided yet. I had a conversation with um, 
Sean Bingham, who's been on the podcast a couple of times. And uh, he was very supportive and he had a lot of uh, good things to say about kind of what he's doing with his podcast and it's inspiring. And he's been very helpful just kind of like with the way he goes about doing his own recording and all that stuff. Cause he's in the YouTube space, but anyway, sorry, I don't mean to bore you with all of that. That's just a little bit of a quick announcement that I am back. I didn't, I would never, I would never just leave without saying anything. I just, you know, sometimes things just get bogged down and I just get tired and don't have the energy to really, um, get something going, right? Scrounging some up, up, up some ideas and whatnot. But what I do want to talk about today for this kind of this, this first main segment, right? Which is kind of the news segment roughly. And then I'm also got a couple email updates from uh, nephew Mark, who's coming in strong. So I'm going to get to those here in a, in a little bit. But before I do that, the big news for me, at least, but at least how I see it is, is the elections. And Primarily, if you're in Utah, you're a member of the church, you may be of it may be of particular interest this Mike Lee election against Evan McMullen. Now, I'll get to that in a second. When it comes to the actual elections, <clears throat> the narrative these days. Oh, by the way, if my sound is a little bit off, it's because I didn't have a mic. I'm actually house sitting for my parents this week, so watching their dogs. And my uh, I, I forgot to pack my mic. Um, probably could have used my mom's mic. Didn't, didn't do that, but. Whatever. I'm just working on my AirPods. Hopefully that's it's okay. But anyway, so the, the narrative right now for for the political arena is that most aggregate polling, and what I mean by aggregate polling, like people like Real Clear Politics or 538, that take essentially the aggregate of all the polling that's going on right now and just to kind of see like where it lines up because that's actually a way of doing research. You'll have um I can't remember what the, it might just be called aggregate research. I feel like it's actually a little bit different than that. But what what research will will do if there's a if there's a topic that's been studied a lot and they have a lot of data on it, they'll actually just take all of the data that has come from individual studies and do kind of like this macro study on it and say where do they all line up? Like where's the consistency? Where does that lie? And they'll apply that. These aggregate pollsters will actually apply that to polling as well. So it gives you kind of a the best single indication of where things are as a whole, right? If the pollers can't agree on an individual level, one-to-one, this is kind of a way of getting them all to say like, well, this is just the general feel of all the pollsters if you were to combine them as an average, essentially. So those are saying that currently it looks like there's gonna be about 30 governors to 20 governors in the United States in November. Um, which isn't a huge surprise. Governors tend to lead in the Republican Party as a whole because there are more individual states that lean red. It's the dense populative states. Populative? I'm not sure if that's a word. But anyway, um, those are the ones, right? California, New York, those are very blue. That's where you get the high populous areas, all that stuff. And so that is different. But it is going to be a majority of uh, Republican governors, which gives you kind of a feel for the country to some degree. But obviously, nothing is a bigger field than the Senate and the House of Reps. So the Senate, the projections currently are that the Republicans will take it at 52 and that they'll actually swing Nevada to red, which Adam Laxalt is leading that one. That one, for the most part, I think people kind of agree that Adam Laxalt will win that one. The one that some people are saying and some some pollsters, some aggregate pollsters specifically are saying that will happen, but I'm not wholly convinced yet personally, is the race in Georgia between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. 
that one's a very, very tight one, and it's getting pretty dirty, pretty mean. A lot of people are saying on you know that Herschel Walker's got it. I don't see that in the bag, particularly on my own end, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, if those two do, do go red and everybody else stays, which obviously Mike Lee and Everett McMullen is somewhat of a hotly contested race. I'll get to that one in a second, like I said. But if those swing, you're going to have 52-48 in the Senate. Um, so the Senate majority goes back to the Republicans. And then the one that isn't almost even worth mentioning a whole lot is the fact that the Republicans in the House are definitely going to overtake it. That's pretty understood. That one's that would it, a lot would have to happen for that to not be the case. Now, granted, this what happened in 2016. People said those same, literally that same sentence. A lot would have to happen for Trump to win the presidency. Well, a lot did happen. So it's not unprecedented. It's more unlikely because you're talking about individual races in individual states versus one president in different states. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. My, my bet is that the Republicans take the House fairly easy. And the only thing you're going to really see after that is the narrative of was it a red wave or was it not a red wave? You know, and so people will be talking about that for a couple months, probably just trying to argue that, hey, this is just the overall emotion of the states at large. They're just sick of the Biden presidency. They're sick of the Democrats. And this is a retort. That's not uncommon for a president after the first two years to lose the House and even lose the Senate. That's not uncommon. That happens all the time. So whether or not it's a red wave, that's going to be the question. I don't really care personally. I don't really want to get into the details of that, but you will see the pundits talking about that one. But anyway, let's get to the race in Utah. Let's talk about Mike Lee. Let's talk about Evan McMullen. A little background. If you remember Evan McMullen, right? He's the one that came out of nowhere. I want to say former FBI uh, agent of sorts. I don't know. It's not like he was an operative. I think he was a pencil pusher at the FBI. But if you can't already tell kind of what my attitude is towards McMullen, um, you'll know in a second. Um, he came out of nowhere, was propped up by, I want to say, primarily Democrats, certainly anti-Trumpers, definitely never Trumpers, maybe conservatives, um, but they were in the anti-Trump party and they wanted to basically block Trump's election and they saw Utah as a vulnerable state to potentially do that. Just basically put it in the bag for Hillary. So they prop up this guy, Evan McMullen, who traditionally described himself as a conservative um, and, you know, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, kind of propping that him up as like, hey, like we can identify with this guy. And here's one of my biggest regrets. It worked on me. I did not technically vote for Evan McMullen because I didn't vote. If I remember right, I was living in Texas at the time and my dad I was still registered in Utah. My dad um, had misplaced my ballot. And so my vote never actually went out. But I would have voted for McMullen. And I admit that because I'll admit it when I feel like I make mistakes. And I think that was a big mistake. I've said it before. I should have voted for Trump in 2016. I should have just owned up to that because I was playing this game of, you know, the lesser of two evils is still evil, all that stuff. And I was not in, in Trump's camp um, willy-nilly. Now, I should have been based on two things specifically. He wasn't Hillary. That was a that's that's a bigger deal to me now than it was back then. And the other one being that the Supreme Court justice was on the line. And the fact that he was able to appoint three while he was president was pretty amazing. So I didn't really think heavily about that. I played this game of 
well, at least I'll have the appearance of decorum if I don't vote for Trump because clearly Trump is not a good person. And you know what? I stand by that. Trump's not a great person. He's not. I'm going to get a little bit ironic here in a little bit. I've warned you about that. So I'm going to keep talking about this Lee situation. But anyway, so I voted for McMullen and I feel completely deceived. I didn't really catch the fact, and I heard this more retroactively, that Evan McMullen's sink goal was to block Trump. Had I really known about that, and if I had heard it, I glossed over it, and I shouldn't have done that. But had I heard it and thought more about it, I would have been like, well, this guy's a snake in the grass. Like, why, why would he just try and block Trump? That's giving the election to Hillary, so clearly he's a Hillary fan. I wouldn't even be surprised if he voted for Hillary in the presidency. He voted for Biden. That came out recently, um, which is a big deal to the people in Utah because um, Trump won overwhelmingly, even more so than what the polls had originally said in the state of Utah this last election in 2020. So I don't trust McMullen. That's, that's the bottom line. McMullen's identity is more based, it seemingly, on the fact of who he isn't versus who he actually is. Because I don't know who the real Evan McMullen is. It seems like his marriage had happened with uh, a woman with kids more out of politics. It's like the exact opposite of what you see on the Adjustment Bureau when Matt Damon gets up there at the beginning after he loses this election because of some late push by his opposition. Some pictures came out of when he went streaking while he was in college. And it's this it, right at the beginning, he gives a speech and he comes out and he's like, got this whole thing prepped. And then he just stops and he says, you know what? I haven't been real with all of you. He's like, and he, and he, and he takes off his shoes and he's like, this shoe displays apparently what the right amount of scuff should be according to my political consultants, according to what polling says that I should wear this red tie, you know, which you see that everywhere. It was kind of cool. I like that movie. I think it's kind of underrated. Maybe check it out. Adjustment bureaus. Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, um, came out, it came out a while ago. It's probably been eight to 10 years at this point, but no, probably longer actually, maybe 12, but anyway, um, that's that he's the anti Matt Damon because he very much is all about like the political image, what his consultants tell him in order to win these races. Well, credit where credit is due. It has pulled him within spitting distance of Lee, much to the surprise of a lot of people. But is it that much of a surprise? And that's another thing that I want to talk about. I think Lee has it. And, I, and when I say has it, I mean, I think he has the race. I think he's going to win. And I don't think it's going to be particularly hard. I think Evan McMullen's backing came extremely early. And if you look at the polls back in like April, March, the reason why a lot of people don't remember this is because Evan McMullen was one of like three or four people trying to run against Mike Lee. But Evan McMullen was running as an independent, specifically backed by the Democrats. So the Democrats did not actually run anybody in their own party because they were 100%, they came out openly about this and they 100% put all their weight behind Evan McMullen. What does that mean? That means he's definitely taking money from the Democrats. So that tells you one thing already about him that you may be dubious of if you were to vote for him. I personally totally get that. Um, that that that's, it makes you dubious. It makes me dubious as well. I mean, I'm beyond dubious. I'm just, I don't believe in this guy at all. But anyway, um, the polling really hasn't changed. It hasn't indicated anything totally different um, with Evan McMullen. When he's been propped up against Lee, you had about a 5 to 7% spread between the two. That has not changed. He has all the backing from the Dems. So anybody that, any Democrat that was going to vote in this election was already going to vote for a uh, McMullen over Lee. So he had those, but there's just more Republicans in the state of Utah. That's just how it is. So that's not really an issue. 
in and of itself. So who were they going for? They were going for the never Trumpers and they were going for the independents. Um, I think the never Trump party has shrunk quite a bit, specifically in Utah. So I don't think he really had a whole lot to work with there anyway. And I think what it was showing at the beginning of the year, him versus Lee, was pretty fixed. And I think that's where we're at. I think that's the number you basically have in Utah of Democrats and never Trumpers. It's about 42%, roughly. Lee has about anywhere from 47 to 48% people in, in Utah backing him. And I think that's how it's going to lie. Now, on another note, and this is what I kind of also alluded to here earlier. People have a lot, a lot of people have a big problem with uh, Mike Lee referring to President Trump at the time as Captain Moroni. If you look back, there's a video out there. I think he's at some rally. For some reason, I wanted to say he was in Arizona, but I don't know why Lee would have been that like that in Arizona. So I don't know why I thought that. But anyway, regardless, he's at a rally. He's with President Trump, and he says he goes through this little uh, monologue, and he says to all my Catholic friends, think of Trump as when you think of Trump, think of Amy Coney Barrett, think of little sisters of the poor. Like he just makes these comparisons to religious to to religious conservatives that specifically can identify with the conservative movement having to do with their religion, right? So he's applying the fact that they are part of a religion and the meaningful of being a part, because the religion drives everything for them and how the conservative movement promotes that and those specific values. So then at the very end of the clip, he says, to my Mormon friends, maybe, and you know what? I have a bigger problem with him saying Mormon as opposed to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All right. Okay. I'm joking. But anyway, he says to my Mormon friends, think of him as Captain Moroni. And everybody stops. Wait, what? (laughs) President Trump like Captain Moroni? You can't be serious. Here's the full quote. He says to my Mormon friends, my Latter-day Saint friends, think of him as Captain Moroni. He seeks not power, but to pull it down. He seeks not the praise of the world or the fake news, but he seeks the well-being and the peace of the American people. All right. Big swing and a miss, specifically when it comes when it says to he seeks not the praise of the world or the fake news. Well, obviously not the fake news, right? That he invented that term. But he seeks not the praise of the world could not be more wrong, right? That's where I definitely disagree in the context of that quote, because that was the problem I had with Trump in 2016. I didn't know who Trump was. I felt like his primary primary ideology was Trump. He didn't have conservative ideologies that I knew of at the time. I thought he was a Democrat like two days before he ran for president on the Republican ticket. I didn't know who the real Trump was. And that's why, that's why I voted for him in 2020, because I thought, you know what, this guy actually really does have conservative values. And another big reason why I voted for him in 2020 was actually what Lee talks about in this quote. He says, he seeks not power, but to pull it down. One thing that I think went under discussed during the whole COVID-19 pandemic, through all of this, this is an important point. Whenever there's a big emergency, whenever there's a national tragedy, you almost never see presidents of this country not take more power when it's available. Now, what does that mean? That means that they'll pass legislation to basically make government bigger. You saw that specifically with a Republican president named George W. Bush and the Patriot Act. George George Bush got permission from Congress to say, hey, how do we prevent this moving forward? Well, we're going to now call do this thing called the Patriot Act, which essentially allows us to spy on American citizens 
with a lot less red tape than what it took to do that originally. Now, I don't know the details behind that, but it was a big deal in terms of privacy laws. And we're still paying the price there, that the government essentially has more power to yield when it comes to saying, hey, we think you're doing something wrong, so we're going to investigate you now. And then guess what? Whenever they say we're going to investigate you, that means it doesn't matter what, we're going to find something wrong. Because there's a good chance that they can finagle any way of making something that looks like you did and making it look illegal. But anyway, that's a little bit of a tangent. Sorry about that. Regardless, Trump had every opportunity to do that during the pandemic. What did he do? He did declare a state of emergency. And you know what? There may have been a couple things here and there where it's like, oh, yeah, well, he's definitely making the government a little bit bigger. But what he didn't do was tell all the states to do things a certain way. What did he do? He gave it back to each individual state. He let every state's governor deal with the issue, how they saw fit, because that's why we have governors. That's why we have state response. That's why we have the National Guard, right? That's why we choose to live in specific states. And I was very grateful for that part of how Trump managed that whole issue, is that he did not say, okay, this is how we're going to do things. So everybody listen to us, listen to the, the, your politicians, listen to everybody who's going to tell you how to do it right. He said, no, I'm going to give it back to the states, which that's what a democracy is. So anyway, I actually kind of agree with Lee there. Like Trump really does have that sentiment of that, that principle, which is I do not want power necessarily when it comes to this. He probably wants power in other ways, whatever. I'm not going to get to that. But when it comes to the comparison he was making with Captain Moroni, yeah, maybe not the best because there's that famous scripture in the Book of Mormon, right? If all men were like unto Captain Moroni, the very powers of hell would be shaken forever. He's not saying if all men were like unto Donald Trump, the very powers of hell would be shaken forever. He's just merely saying Captain Moroni was the bearer of the title of liberty, right? This is all about family. This is about our faith. This is about freedom. And this is about peace. Yeah, Trump is no Captain Moroni, not even close. But he did do a lot to defend religion. He did do a lot to defend our freedoms. And he does promote the family, even though he is not an example that I would ever point to of being a family man. With that said, I did hear somebody who I respect quite a bit actually point out the fact that his kids are pretty solid for the most part. And that's got to say something. Now, with that said, he's been a terrible husband. He's openly bragged about adultery. So I don't want to defend that part about it at all. But does that mean just because you're going to have you're going to defend specific religion, you're going to defend freedom and you're going to defend peace and families in general as a construct that makes this country better? Does that mean everything else because you're a bad person that none of that matters, that it's all moot? I don't believe so. I'll let you guys make up your mind for that. All right, transitioning over to nephew Mark's email from 2 weeks ago and then we'll get to the one from this week. Now, this gets me in the mood. I should probably, like, I would love to do a segment where people write into the podcast and I respond. It'd almost be like a Dear Harper section or something like that segment. But tell me what you think. I, you should guys write in. I'll give you my email and we go from there and I'll give you some advice or whatever. And sometimes it'll be facetious and sometimes it might be real. I don't know. Anyway, all right. Nephew Mark, Elder Anderson, out in the Mexico MTC. He's actually leaving pretty soon, but his, here's what he had to say two weeks ago. Hi, period. Bad news this week. I got sick again. I ended up throwing up for the third time here. Also, I ate nine bars of ice cream during lunch one day. I started coughing like crazy this week, so that sucked. I went to the infirmary. Uh, anyway, that's like the basically the hospital. 
But the doctor here does not speak English, so I tried to communicate what was happening, and the only word he understood was asthma. I'm actually surprised he understood asthma. I'm impressed. After he heard that I was laying on an operating table with no clothes on and a thermometer in my armpit. The thermometer was kind of gross because I watched him clean it with the same rag he cleaned his phone. <laughs> so something was up there. He determined I was fine and gave me some pills and cough syrup, but I forgot how often I was supposed to take the pills. So I took them every hour, which was bad because my eyes turned red. Also, the cough syrup was unbelievable gross, unbelievably gross. So I threw that away. Hermanos moved in to the my neighborhood. There are two houses full of them right next to my house. It's been a hectic week. Ooh, I can imagine. Also, on the way back from devotional on Tuesday, I saw a spike ball net sitting on the grass. I didn't want it to get stolen, so I took it home with me. We play spike every night now, so that's sick. I met some people from Kentucky, and they told me there's like six Spanish missionaries there. Also, they might have been high. My companion thought this week was boring, so he decided to eat nuts again. <laughs> His companion's allergic to nuts. So. Another trip to the infirmero. Infirmero. I don't know how to say that. In infirmero. Anyway, he got an adrenaline shot and Benadryl, which made him eat 12 bowls of cereal and fall asleep. That sounds amazing. I taught the lesson alone that night. I've been jump roping every day now. Shout out Dom. Dom, Dominic is my brother, not his father. Dom is a different uncle of Mark's. In two years, everyone pull up to watch me dunk on Harper again. Okay, so I got to say something of oh, my own note. If you didn't know that this these emails were completely 100% bogus, well, you definitely do now because this 100% never happened. And quite, in fact, not only did this not happen, quite the opposite happened to the point where I got irrational. And I was like, not only was I just slamming it down on my nephews on like, a, I don't know, it was like a nine foot rim, honestly dunking all over their butts. I just was. And not only was I doing that, I was like, I want to do it on a 10 foot rim now. Yeah, that's not going to happen. With that said, I'm grabbing pretty well right now, but I am trying, I'm trying to jump high. I just am. That's, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. All right, back to the email. I love, I leave for the field. And by that, he means the Kentucky, the mission, the mission field on Monday. So I'm pretty excited with so many friends going foreign. I, I feel kind of left out, but I guess Kentucky is cool. They have Mitch McConnell and Jack Harlow. I don't know who Jack Harlow is, but Mitch McConnell obviously is a, is a senator from Kentucky. So, um, and I think he's being very facetious about that because I don't think he's, he's not very political, but if he was, I don't think he's certainly not as conservative as I am. But anyway, back to the email conference was this week. It was sick. Elder Silva had a nice quote about people going on missions, even if it means leaving behind your girlfriend. I don't think he has a girlfriend, so I don't know why he said that, but it was a good message for someone in my district. I know everyone at home is waiting for me though. So not applicable. Also, the food is still trash. I usually eat salad that tastes like dirt. It's organic. My teacher gave me grapes this week. They were good. Also, we went to the temple again this week, which was good, but there was a wedding happening at the same time, and I accidentally walked out on it. I had some pretty crazy dreams this week. We're still trying to figure out what they mean. Not much went on this week, and I'm trying to be honest. Keep me updated. Is he trying to be honest? Maybe. Anyway. And then he sends some pictures. He's done a good job sending pictures, actually. He's looking great in all these pictures. All right, on to the next email. Now, a little something here. I have not read this. So this is going to be a live reading for me the first time. I did read the first one that I read today. The second one, I'm going in blind. So I don't, I don't plan on making edits. So let's just do this. All right. How is everyone doing? Period. So no question mark. I had my last couple days at the MTC. They were pretty fun. My obedience definitely suffered. 
but the rules don't say anything about fire extinguishers, so I wasn't as disobedient as you think. <laughs> Sunday night, I had to say goodbye to people that, that was actually sad, no comma, sorry, run on. I was crying when I said bye to senor. I don't know who senor is. I know senor or el senor in Spanish means the Lord. I don't think that's what he's referring to, but anyway. I took lots of pictures. Some were illegal. I hopped in the 1G because they're my favorite. I don't know what 1G is either. Also, I realized Chase left early in the AM Sunday, so I never got to say bye to him. If you're reading this, te amo. That means I love you. All right, that's nice. I don't know who Chase is, but good for you, man. Monday early, I was on a bus with some other people going to the airport, got dropped off and realized how little Spanish I actually knew. I got patted down a couple times because I answered C to a question that asked if I had guns or other firearms on accident. Also, my face wash got confiscated. <laughs> Once again, this is the same guy that said he was dunking on me. So this is, I'm sure none of this is true. Also, my bags were supposed to be free, but Mexico hit me with a surprise $72 fee, which I did not have. But thankfully, an hermana flying with me had a credit card and covered it. I really hope she gets reimbursed. Travel was good. I got some nice free Wi-Fi in the Houston airport. Also got some not free Chick-fil-A there, which was not very good, but a nice welcome back to food. That night, I stayed in the mission home, which was cool. I got put in a trio. And I got assigned to my area, which is in Lexington, about 90 minutes out of Louisville. Or as they say in Kentucky, Louisville. Right after we got our assignment, he didn't say that. That was my own little editorial, sorry. Um, right after we got our assignment, we drove to our new apartment. And dear heavens, it has not been lived in for 12 weeks. And it was disgusting. I can't describe it. I don't know the words to accurately de depict it. There were, there were cockroaches and spiders everywhere and tons of feces, and there were no cleaning supplies, including soap, which includes laundry soap. Also, the food was infested. We threw out pretty much everything there, including some furniture. We had to go shop because we had no food, except due to an error. I didn't have much money on my card, and my companions didn't either. But that was their fault, not an error. And the little they had, they immediately spent on protein powder. I'm still unclear on why they both needed their own $25 containers, but all good. I bought exclusively beans, rice, and peanut butter. Rice for breakfast, beans for lunch, both for dinner. Peanut butter for snacks. Except my comps made me get creamy for some reason, so not the best. I'm actually a huge creamy fan, by the way. I don't love, I don't love chunky peanut butter. All about the creamy peanut butter. It took three days before we got, could get cleaning supplies. I spent a couple hours cleaning that day. The entire house was bleached and scrubbed. There's still more to do. This house is now livable and not that... Sorry, I'm getting the hiccups. And not that gross anymore. We still have cockroaches, though. I hate when they climb on your face when you're trying to sleep. Nasty. Disgusting. Uh, disgusting. Um, with that said, this is a little bit of... This is my Harper insert again. Um... I didn't know cockroaches could fly until I um, was in Mexico on my mission. So apparently some cockroaches can fly. Did you know that? Probably not. Anyway. All right. Also, back to the email. Also, apparently I've woken up my comps every night with sleepwalking and talking. They say it's in Spanish, so that's actually sick. That was actually, yeah, okay, another me, an insert by Harper again. That was what was really cool about being in the MTC is when you'd sleep talk in Spanish, which I sleep talk all the time, all the time. Um, 
when I started doing it in Spanish, I was like, yep, making real progress. I don't think that was actually an in indication of that, but regardless, it felt good. So that is a thing. Um, but one time, back to Nemo, but one time I woke up with a can of Ray bed and had no memory of it. They told me they had heard it sprayed sometime in the night, so that was pretty scary. Gosh, man, I hope he doesn't, he doesn't like murder somebody while he's having these sleepwalking moments. But anyway, also my comps are pretty interesting people, but they're not really training me and do everything in the exact opposite way I would do them. Frustrating. Also, they're kind of racist and hate all hermanas, and they don't leave the apartment until 6 p.m. every day. There's no way that's true. One's been out eight months and one's been out 14. They have one baptism between them. Pretty bleak. Also, it's freezing all the time. Also, things are general, just generally bad. Also, this email is 100% true. Sorry if it is confusing or funny. Pretty sure that's all. that all it's been hectic. Shoot me an email or something if you want. That would be cool. Love you guys. Boom. More pictures. That is email number two from Elder Mark Anderson, nephew Mark. Good to hear from you, bud. We'll go ahead and kick it over to the main segment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Dr. Mike, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> what, let, tell me about this mustache, man. I got to hear this. Um, yeah, I know. His name is Miles. Um, Miles Miles for Miles. And uh, he is for Halloween. We're, we're doing a Top Gun thing. And, uh, you know, he came in more red than I wanted. I'm a little mad about it. I haven't done the facial hair thing because I'm kind of bad at it. But here we are. We got, what, is it two weeks to Halloween? And uh, we're... We're going full steam ahead. So yeah, Miles is going full miles on us. Uh, so you and like the entire country is doing Top Gun. I'm assuming, right? Probably, probably. Maybe I should be more original, but you know, I, I, I feel like there's going to be a good portion of Squid Games, and there's going to be a good portion of like Hocus Pocus things. So this was the one I could pull off easily and maybe actually wear to work. <laughs> Dude, I dig it. Um, so I wanted to ask why you have, like, why, why do blondes generally grow red facial hair? Do you know I don't like know. A, like, do you know either from like a biological perspective, being a doctor or just by someone that has that happen to them? Or do you know? Right. Do not know? <laughs> Right, right. No, I don't know that the uh, there, there's necessarily a reason for it, but I mean, hair that is on the top of your head is different than hair that is on your face, or and is different than hair that is on your you know arm or leg. You know, all, all body hair is a little bit different. Face hair tends to be a little bit more coarse, so a little bit thicker. But oh, as far as the coloring, I don't know. It's it's an unfortunate thing. Like I said, I don't love it. I was as it started to grow in, I was I was kind of mad, but I'm like, well, we. In a couple of weeks, I can deal with it. So, gotcha. Cool. Well, good luck with that, man. Let us know. Let's send, send, make sure you post some pictures for for your Gosh, captain, okay. Captain Miles Teller. I don't know what his name. I can't yeah. even remember. Rooster for your rooster picks or whatever. Rooster, that is. yes. 
name in the in the show. I don't even I remember Rooster, but I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. And his dad, Anthony Edwards. <laughs> I don't even know the actual actor's names. I mean, like, the, I need to watch the other character in a while. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So. so I brought you on because I wanted to talk specifics. I'm in a competition. I mentioned this on the podcast. And by the way, just excuse a few things. I'm house sitting for my parents. So I didn't come the most prepared. I, did, I actually missed last week, too. And. I had zero explanation for it just besides the fact that I was busy and I just got tired and was like, I don't, I don't know. Like I had a couple people in mind, but I, it's just, it takes a lot of work, man. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. It does. I mean, I don't think this is something that is, you know, making you millions. <laughs> and not I yet. think that it miss sometimes, not yet. Yet is the key word there, right? Latter-day yeah. takes is going to, you know, flood across the earth, blue wave there. Um, but I think that it's okay to miss sometimes, you know, I, I noticed, but I, I gave you your space and we're back. We're doing it. So that's right. There we I, are. And hey, well, what was that? I was going to say, Hey, house sitting for the parents. That's never a bad thing. I mean, their place is they've had more years than you have to afford a nicer place. Oh yeah. They've got a dope spot. Actually. It's a nice area too. It's Draper. Yeah. It's a really nice neighborhood in Draper, but, um, yeah, so you you see, I don't even have a mic. I'm using my AirPods for this. I forgot to bring one. I am Mike. You, I mean, besides bringing you, Mike. <laughs> but, <Okay. laughs> nice one. Um, I, I know the strong man. People, I can I can just tell people are turning it off right now already. No, that's not happening. Because here's the thing: we're going to talk about how to get ripped, dude. We're going to. I need you. I need your expertise because the, what was easy about this is that there's a real personal interest here on my end because I'm. I mentioned on the pod of maybe a couple months ago that I'm in a competition with some high school friends of mine where we're going to see who can lose the most amount of body fat percentage from, I think it was around July, August till right before Thanksgiving. No rhyme or reason for that timeline. We just figure, hey, nobody really wants to diet a ton through the holidays, so might as well just cut it off then. Um, to give you a little background, we did the DEXA scan. So if, I'm sure you're familiar with that. You probably used it before yourself. Um, it's the most comprehensive body composition measurement unit, I don't know, that you can use. Um, it's the, it's, there's a lot of body composition machines out there, but the DEX is like the most accurate, they say. So that's the one we did. Um, and we're really just... Because there's... Because what? There's different styles to it. There's different styles to it. So tell me, tell me about which Dexa you did. Was it the egg that you get inside, the air one? No, no, it wasn't an egg. What did you it do? Was it, we just laid on, or I mean, I I wasn't there for theirs, but I was assuming they did the same one. I just lay on a flat bed, and it just like scans over you like inch by inch. It takes a while. It takes okay. like twenty minutes. So no, I'm not twenty. That's probably too long. But like maybe close to fifteen though. You know what I'm okay. talking about, right? Yeah. Like it's like it literally moves yeah, an inch exactly. over your body and then like scans and then moves another inch and scans the other way, moves another inch, scans the other way. Right, right. So they have an air one, a laser one, and a water one. So I've never personally done the laser one. It sounds cool. I've read about it. So you're actually ahead of me on that one. But yeah, it, it basically, it takes your height, it takes your weight, and then those lasers can kind of... Uh, Basically, the way that light reacts to fat and muscle and bone is all different, so it can help. Uh, it can help with that. So when I'm doing my bodybuilding, I just do uh, a little handheld one. I think you can find them on Amazon for. I have one of those. Uh, they're they're. Little, 
they're a little pricey. I want to say they're about a hundred bucks. But wait, uh, the handheld mind, ones? They're not. Yeah. No, Did you I get it for mine for like you twenty? Got what? Okay. What brand yeah, was it? Google it right right now. I swear they're like twenty dollars yeah, now. I am holding a device that has the internet access, so yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm just I'm an Amazon guy. I'm gonna go there and let me see the handheld bioelectrical impedance. And it could be maybe I'm just using because I use a Om. I'm trying to remember the brand. Om, Omeron, I think not Omicron. Yeah. Okay. So this one. I mean, I'm looking at one that's 300 right now. That's the brand I have, but I did not pay 300. Um, oh, you're not I'm talking about at scale, that one too. Right? No, I'm not talking about yeah. scale. I'm looking at the same one, Omron HBF uh, 306C handheld. Okay, maybe I was a little bit off, but it was not a hundred dollars when I bought it. I swear I got it from I, I maybe 50 at most. I I did not pay it. Really? Time, so but yeah, you have that is, brand? I'm looking at the one I have. Yeah, like the top row and literally the same same color and everything. I got it back in college, and I remember it being around a hundred. It may have been one fifty. So anyway, but I'm, well, I'm that makes scrolling sense, down a few rows. Back then, I feel like it was a lot more expensive. Fair enough. Maybe yeah, maybe it's going out of style. There's one a few rows down for thirty five bucks, but it has pretty bad reviews. It looks like so. It is what it is. I don't know a lot, unfortunately, about the scales. That um, it's just a scale you step on. It has an app, and it supposedly can measure that. I can't I imagine it's too. too much different because it's just electrical impedance through the feet. Uh, you, you should actually try. You should see. Uh, use your handheld. Use your scale. So the handheld how, shows uh, the less, the least. The handheld shows the least amount okay. of body fat percentage. The scale is second least, and the DEXA is the most. It's interesting. Oh, <laughs> that, that was rough. Okay. Um, yeah. But I will tell just, just so we'll get to you specifically here in a little bit. For, but for the people listening online, um, give your credentials. I don't I want, get, like tell tell what your experience is, not just as a doctor, but. How you got, you did a okay. freaking forum competition. I want to hear about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So I am an MD. I work in physical medicine and rehabilitation. That's a mouthful. So I usually just say sports medicine when people ask, unless they really want to know the whole thing. Um, I am a certified personal trainer. I'm a certified cycling instructor. I am a three-time com- physique competitor. Uh, men's physique is kind of the, the more lean, smaller bodybuilders. They're not the guys that are you know, muscles on muscles on muscles. They're the guys that are in the board shorts that kind of just look beach ready. That's more the vibe I like. Um, I'm getting ready to compete probably late 2023, so it's still a year out. I have a trainer I'm working with as well. Um, it's always good to just have that extra pair of eyes. Um, I won, I got first in one competition, second in another competition, and I got completely destroyed in one. I'll be honest, that's how it goes sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I definitely know my way around. But I always think that a huge thing is to be accountable to someone. So I have a coach that I'm accountable to right now. He tracks my macros, writes my workouts, writes my plans. You don't have to do all that unless you're trying to step on stage. So, um, yeah, but the biggest thing is, is don't worry about numbers. Worry about trends. Because let's say, you know, you uh, you hop on, you know, the DEXA scan, it tells you 20%. And you do your handheld and it tells you 15 I don't really care what the real number is. I care that we track that over time and that it's changing. And so that's huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on that note, measure, yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but on that note, that was one thing I remember in one of my statistics classes is that there's two ways of measuring things there's accuracy mm-hmm. and there's consistency. And Perfect. for true statistics, you have to have both. But if it comes to 
having different ways of measuring things, as long as they're consistent, you can at least get an idea in terms of trends like you're talking about. And so for me, that hasn't been an issue that they're all saying something different. It's that this device I use, I'm consistent in using it, and it's consistent in telling me the trend that I'm going. And so that's all I go off of primarily. And that's perfect. The trend matters. The absolute number does not. Um, you know, and for, for, the, for the audience listening, um, I actually, I weigh myself every morning. And if it fluctuates like two pounds overnight, I don't worry about it. That's an outlier. It doesn't count. What, what matters is, you know, if you have an iPhone or whatever you're using that probably has a weight tracking function on there, just look at the trend. And if there's a weird day on the trend that suddenly goes up or suddenly goes down, don't worry about it. Because remember, water weighs eight pounds per gallon. So if you were down a little bit of water, that'll mess with your weight. Or if you're up a little bit of water, you had salty food last night that helped you retain some water. You're going to be up a pound or two in the morning. Don't worry about it. Move forward and see what happens in the coming days. Now, if you stay up a pound or two for the whole, a while, then it's real. And that's when you know it's real. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here's where I'm at. Because I want to hear about your process in your competition. You're getting personal. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I didn't know you got number one. Good, congrats, man. By the way, that's cool. I didn't know you wanted I, I some of those. First, well, and, and I'll clarify it. Uh, it was uh, so when you're an amateur. Well, what's the word they want? Well, it's not. I can't think of the word. I have to go grab my trophy and look at it. But when you're an amateur, meaning you have not trophied before, you have not placed before, you're in like kind of the noob category, and that's what I won. Um, the next competition that I got a second, that was in the the regular the regulars. And then the first competition I ever did is where I got destroyed. It was terrible. <laughs> but, well, I mean, you live and learn. You know, I switched up coaches. I switched up methods, all of that. Yeah, it sounds like you bounced back just fine. Um, yeah. So, uh, DEXA, that's what I'm going off of just for the sake of the competition. Obviously, I can't do the DEX every day. I can do my handheld every day, which I don't do. Um, I think another thing, too, that goes uh, undervalued a lot is just how you look in the mirror. As a lot of people will go too much off the scale sometimes and not enough of like just what the eye test is telling you. Now, I understand day to day, that's not going to tell you much, but you that pictures can go a long way. If you're taking like a picture a week and you see progress over four weeks, that's going to be the most telling than anything because it really highly depends for one on how much fat you even had to lose and how much muscle you're gaining in that process because a pound of, of muscle takes up way less space than a pound of fat on your body, but the scale will tell you the exact same thing. The scale exactly. won't move at all. Exactly. So, so or hard. worse, the scale will go up because muscle is more dense. So the things right. you need to look at, you said, okay, I'm going to unpack that. You said a lot of good things. The first thing is I want you to weigh yourself every single morning after when you first woke up, after you've peed, and then um, and you got to weigh yourself naked because if you wear, weigh you know, wearing this shirt, that shirt, these pants, those pants, it's different. You want to know what you weigh. So wake up, pee, weigh yourself. That's your first routine. So don't drink anything yet because water is heavy. Like I said, it's eight pounds per gallon. And so, I mean, every day you're drinking at least four pounds, hopefully, if you're hydrated, at least four pounds I'm of water. I'm doing a gallon a day, usually. You're I hit that. eight yeah. pounds of water every day. And so at night, hopefully, you know, unless you, you know, woke up and drank, you know, like, uh, you know, you'd been in the desert or something. You, you should be your most dehydrated in the morning. And so you want to know what you weigh, not what you drank weighs. So, and then, and then no clothes on because clothes weigh different things depending on what you're wearing. And then, um, and then, and pee first. So you get all the water out. 
Um, and then the next thing is pick your day. I would, so for me, we're going to talk about cheat meals there in a second because they're actually really helpful. But whatever your cheat meal day is, so for me, it's Friday. So I do my pictures on Thursday or even Friday morning. Um, so like if I know I'm going out Friday night, I take my pictures Friday morning because that's when I'm at my best. I'm going to ruin it just a little bit. We'll talk about why I do that in a second. Um, but take the pictures, take front, side, and back. You need the same background and you need the same distance. So for me, I set a chair. Um, I set it right at the end of my countertop. I'm looking at it right now. So I can see my chair is in the same spot. I close the door and I stand directly in the center of the door and I take a front picture. Your iPhone has a little timer on it. I take a side picture and then I take a back picture. I don't flex because I'm not looking for muscle. I'm looking for what I just look like. And then I can compare those week to week. Now, week to week, you're not going to see a ton of difference, but month to month, for sure, you'll see some difference. And don't be flexing because then, you know, you everything looks different. You're, it's a relaxed pose because relaxed is where everything hangs out. And you're, you're looking for what you need to work on personally. Um, okay, what, what, where else were we on that? So, okay. I would do the handheld as well. And the handheld, really? keep in mind, it needs, to be, it needs to be arms extended, elbows soft but not locked, or elbows extended but, you know, still soft, not locked. And it needs to be not a tight grip. Um, you, you're just barely holding it. And the reason for that is if you do a tighter grip, you'll notice it'll go down a little bit because you're registering more electrical activity in the muscles. So if you, if you, grip, if you grip it loosely and then grip it tightly and do that in a row, your body fat will change. That's not real. So how we compensate for that is we just hold it very lightly. It's the lightest pressure you can hold. And then you can't talk, you can't move for that five seconds while it, um, while it registers. And so... Yeah. So because, I mean, what it's measuring is literally electrical impedance and muscles have less of that when you're flexing. And so everything's relaxed. You're standing and you're just holding it. You're barely touching it. Last, uh, last time I measured on that handheld device was I was, I'm registering in around, right around 15%. Great. Um, the DEXA, and this is where it gets interesting. The DEXA scan had me at 208 Okay. Um, that's not the interesting part because that's to be expected. The DEX is very strict in how it measures all mm -hmm. that. Um, but I was the lowest of the four of my friends, which is actually blew my mind because these guys are in really good shape. Like generally speaking, two of them, actually one of them's a dad, another one's married and another one's single like me, but he's had a girlfriend for years and, um, basically is, is, is basically married in some ways. He listens to the podcast, uh, to you, my man, right. <laughs> maybe I won't name you by name, name you by name. That sounds stupid. But anyway, um, so yeah, I'm just kind of looking here. I actually have a sheet where I keep all this logged. So yeah, my latest, I mean, that's actually a little bit you're the lowest. Cause then you don't have a lot of room to go like the other guys do. That is so yeah, I'm kind of at a disadvantage, right? A little bit, honestly. Yeah. So here we're gonna we're gonna jump to the end real fast. The way you're gonna cheat the system a little bit at the end is uh, on the Dexa scan day. Um, I want you to go in a little dehydrated so that because um, remember it's measuring density, measuring density. It's measuring just the way the light bounces off. But fat and water are both not dense. And I might straight up just fast for 24 apart. hours when I do it. I mean, don't go crazy, but um, mm, like, what I'm time high. are you getting the the Dexa? Scan? I mean, uh, that's I a mean, good question. All's fair here in New York. Yeah, a yeah. hundred dollars so, is on the line. I mean, for me, ooh, 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 ooh. 
So I mean, my hundred dollars. It's every, winner takes all. So winner gets four hundred, right? Three hundred technically Ooh. gets their money back plus three hundred. But oh yeah, let's play dirty. Let's play dirty. I hope they're listening and they're like, what the? Okay, so I would go in first thing in the morning and I would cut off all water intake for like eight to twelve hours before, maybe twelve hours before, and go in and you'll be thirsty as heck, but it'll help. Hear so, me out. Yeah. What if I did it at two p.m. and just fasted for twenty-four hours beforehand? I mean, I don't love it because your kidneys will hate you, but it's a day. You'll get by. It'll be oh, yeah, fine. But we're supposed to so fast just 24 hours once a month anyway. Right, right. Okay, so here's my controversial take on that. I served in the Arizona Phoenix mission. Yeah, we drank water, man. It was <laughs> – so to Dude, this I day, I think my I mission might have been hotter than yours in some ways. That's funny I you mean, say well, that. I mean, yours was more humid, but – yeah, right. that's true. Yours no, was actually my, temperature wise, yours was hotter, but like with the humidity, like mine was more dehydrating in some absolutely. ways. But what's funny it's and funny you know, say God that. is a sense of humor. Okay, keep going. Sorry, we're a little bit there's a little bit you I think I think I'm delayed on your end, so that's why I keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. But what's God's sense of humor? I mean Oh no, I was just gonna say at both summers in Phoenix I was on a bike. And both uh, winters, I was one winter I was in Flagstaff, and one winter I was on the Navajo Res. So I think my whole mission had a like 120 something degree range between hottest and coldest because I got below zero, but I got up to 120. So it is what it is. I didn't realize Flagstaff got below zero. Wild. Uh, Yeah, I had one below zero day in Flagstaff, and everyone was like, oh, this is the coldest day. And I want to say it was my second or third day there. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> this is yeah, terrible. Yeah. I just come from Phoenix where it was like 65. So. Oh, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, so we actually didn't drink water on my mission, believe it or not, until like at one Oof. point, one of the, the, the mission president's wife at one point was like, elders, you should just all drink water if you feel like you need water. And right. so. Yeah. And I think it's come from, my mission president was President Booth. He was a doctor as well. He's a family doctor. And I think just like medically, he's just like, I don't want to deal with it. And I think we had, because we had a physician as the mission president, I think we had a few medical elders that kind of needed a, an extra eye on him. Um, and so I think that was just his perspective. He's like, fasting is less about the food and it's more about the spirit. It's more about the control. Um, and it's, it's kind of that, you know, don't run faster than you can, than you can handle it essentially on this one. So Anyway, we are super awesome. Here's how you're going to lose some fat, all right? Sorry, real quick. I actually kind of agree with that, though, because, I mean, it, the principle is sacrifice, I think, is ultimately what we're told, is that we should sacrifice, is that we should put in our discipline, put in our efforts, and then hold to it, right? Stay strict and all that stuff. With From a physiological perspective, though, from what I understand, the fasting movement is huge, and there are guys like Peter Atia out there that says, no joke, fasting once a month, dry fast. Because whenever anybody talks about fasting in the medical world, they just mean no calories. Um, they don't mean no water. Uh, that's all a given that they'll have. It's like water only fast. Like that's all what it is. That's the language. But when they say dry fast, they mean absolutely nothing. And Peter Atia, no joke, says about once a month for 24 hours, it's actually really nice to reset your body dry fast, complete like cellular, what do they call that? Um, cellular metabolism like the, the specifically the word though is when it like your cells regenerate quicker like the bad cells die off and apoptosis or I can't remember sure. off the top of my head but anyway it's okay. um, anyway it's fasting 
yeah. The, the reset segues nicely. Um, it, it does, it does. And well, and it's interesting because I mean, the hymns are scriptures, right? I think one of the most profound lines in any of the hymns is praise to the man. I think it's verse two or three, where it says sacrifice brings forth the blessings of heaven. Um, that is a super under, like under, super not understood principle. And once we, you know, myself included, once we understand that better, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but you said something that segues nicely, um, it resets. So I do want you doing a cheat meal once a week. And the reason for that is, is it does reset the metabolism. We're going to get your calories low. And when you can reset the metabolism and, and kind of your body starts to go into starvation mode eventually. And then when you reset the metabolism with a cheat meal, go out and get some pizza, go out and get some tacos. Don't go crazy. You don't have the whole pizza, but go out and have something fun and get your, your brain reset and your metabolism reset. Um, cheat meals are actually a way to be beneficial. Do it the day after your pictures or the night after your pictures so that, you know, you, and then don't be too sad because you're going to, you're going to gain a pound or two on your cheat meal and then you're going to lose it again in the coming days. Um, but so what I tell, and I, I tell this to patients all the time that are struggling. I'm like, pick your cheat meal day. For me, it's Friday night and get excited about it. Right. But that means the rest of the week you are super strict. You know, if, if breakfast is eggs and oatmeal, that's what it is. It's boring and it sucks, but that's what it is. If lunch is chicken and broccoli, it's boring, but that's what it is. And then look forward to that cheat meal. And that's your reward for working hard all week. And studies show that it actually helps you lose weight because your body does start to go into a calorie restricted mode where it tries to hold on to everything. And it does that about a week or two in. It's a little different for everybody. But if you can go into that cheat meal and reset the metabolism so your body knows, okay, this is coming. I am going to get a reward. I don't have to like scrimp and save and, and hold on to every little thing that comes my way. Um, and you'll just be happier too. Like I get so excited on Fridays and, and all my friends know. They're like, <laughs> okay, yeah. So Mike's in a good mood because it's Friday. He gets pizza, which is kind of my go-to, but whatever it is for you. I do love pizza. I'm with you there. Um, pineapple on pizza. That's the, that's the debate. Yeah. Wait, what? Are you a pineapple guy? I totally am. I'm see, and, and team no pineapple, they're loud and they're like mad about it. So I'm, I'm the loud pineapple guy because the pineapple people are always like, oh, I like it. It's fine. And the, the anti pineapple people, they get loud and mad. And so I'm, I'm the loud pineapple guy. I'm neither. I'm kind of sixes. Have I had Canadian bacon and pineapple or whatever you want to call it? Ham and pineapple? I don't know. Um, I love it. Or sorry, I don't love it, but I like it. It's not my first choice, but it's not my last choice. It kind of sits somewhere in the middle. So, no opinion. Really. Very opinion. Yeah. All right, all right. Okay, let's get back to it. So, what should my... And I know I've, I've actually asked you this stuff before. What should my daily caloric intake be? My basal metabolic rate, from what I understand, is right around 1,900. Um, which, for those listening that don't know what that is offhand, I mean, you could probably put it together by just breaking it apart, kind of what that means. But it is basically what I burn on a daily basis if I were to be completely sedentary. So my body would just do that naturally. Plus, that goes up with the more muscle you have. So that's what's another added bonus for lifting weights. Um, so I'm around 1,900. Everything I've checked online tells me to register around like 2,200 to 2,500. I tend, when, I, when I'm really strict... I tend to be around 1,800 to 2,000 at most. I don't, here's the one thing where I really don't do a good job, and that's watching my macros. And I know I've asked you about this before. And I think the breakdown you've given me is basically a 35, 35, 30. 
and for those also listening in this regard, the macro breakdown is basically what your calories make up and what category they fit into. So you've got fat, carbs, and protein. And you, the percentage, 35, 35, 30, is going to be 35% what you've told me specifically, 35% carbs, 35% protein, and 30% fat. And as you put it into something like MyFitnessPal, they will actually divvy that up for you and tell you as you, you know, register your food for the day, they'll tell you what calories fit into where and what that percentage breakdown is. I'm not the best. I, I'm generally pretty good at just watching overall calories. The reason why macros is important is because it can keep you kind of in a satiated state, so to speak. And it keeps your kind of muscles growth at bay if you're watching that breakdown. Because if you're eating a bunch of empty calories, you could be depleted energy-wise throughout the day. Your muscle growth can be it, it can be stagnant, um, things like that. Overall, though, if you are watching your calories in a good way, you won't gain weight. But you just may be like in a bad mood because your body may just not be functioning that well. You may, you're, the gasoline you're giving your body may be like... It might be the worst form of unleaded you could possibly get. I don't know, something like that. Right, right. Because, and you said you won't gain weight, which is true, but there is such a thing as skinny fat. Those people true. who are skinny, but they have no tone, they're kind of doughy, um, and they just, they don't look or feel good. And that's the thing. Skinny fat's not great either. So we're going to back up a little bit for the crowd. BMR, like, like you said, is basal metabolic rate. You can just Google this. It'll ask you to put in your height and weight. And that yeah, is there's equations for it. It's kind of fascinating. Yeah, just Google it. It'll Google will take you to a free site that'll show you. And this is how many calories you burn if you are a bump on a log doing nothing all day. Like you slept all day. This isn't even I went and checked the mail. This is I. This is the calories taking for you to exist and not lose any weight. Okay. So generally, people need between twenty and fifty percent more depending on their activity level. Because you're in a competition right now, I would say go with 20% more, which is going to feel a little low um, because you are working out. But, hey, the goal here is to burn some fat. So for the average person who has a desk job, 20% more might be enough, maybe 30% more. For the average person who's like uh, like a really heavy labor job, they probably need 100% more. It just depends on the person. Most people are going to be in that 20 to 40, maybe 50% range depending on their activity level. Um, so that's how you look at that. Now, Dude, the next quick. thing... I mowed lawns for a summer at BYU. Um, it was landscaping, so it was all-encompassing. But for, like, Wednesday to Friday, I just mowed lawns. And we're talking, like, right. 40 to 50 houses. Drive around all day, anywhere from, like, Utah County all the way to Salt Lake. And my mom gave me her pedometer one time because I was just walking all the time. In one day, I had a pedometer it marked me at over 40,000 steps in one day. I can't remember how many miles that added up to, but it was almost like, I think it was like um, 15 to 20, something like that. I was going to say around 20, 10,000 steps is around five miles, depending on your step length. Um, it right. can be a little less. Like for, so for me, 10,000 is about five miles, but I'm a little bit on the taller side, so it might be a little a little smaller. So you and, I people, are, uh, you and I are about the same height, right? I'm, I'm just south of six feet. Um, I'm not that guy who's going to, like, I, I'm proud to be 5'11", because most guys will round that up. And I'm like, no, it's real. I'm 5'11". I round up from 5'10 um, and a half to 5'11 these days. I'm just like, you know what? I'm 5'11 in shoes, fair. so I'll take it. Although, although I did, uh, 
So I was on the BYU ballroom dance and the BYU-Idaho ballroom dance, and they would measure us every year. And the, the measuring lady would say every single year, she's like, you have such long legs. So I think my step length is like, I am disproportionate. I have no upper body and I have all legs. <laughs> it's just how I am. And she would say that every year. And I'm like, don't you remember? We've had this conversation four times now. But uh, she'd be like, you know, if you if you were proportionate, you'd be 6'2". I'm like, well, or like 5'8", you know, like one way or the other. <laughs> that's anyway. nice. That's yeah, that's fair. So I think my step length is a little longer than most people. So it may not be five miles for everybody, but... Um, so back to the macros, yeah, protein, fat, and carb, every food fits into that. There is an exception with like spices and seasonings who typically don't have calories. Double check on the back. Cause some of them do like taco seasoning. I love it, but it does have a few calories, but like a lot of like your garlic salts and things don't have calories in them. So that's nice. So protein is going to be your meats. Obviously fats are going to be things like that have that rich savory flavor. They're going to be your eggs. They're going to be your dairies, that type of thing. Um, they're going to be your oils. And then carbs is the most diverse. If you're not sure what something is, it's probably a carb, most likely. Fiber fits into carb. It's a little bit of a special case. It doesn't really add to calories. Um, so don't worry when you see fiber. Um, your body doesn't digest it. It just helps you digest. Oh, that's the, uh, that's the new thing. They talk about net carbs. They've been talking about that for the last few years. And that's because net carbs, what they say is basically if it's 20, if, if like a protein bar has 20 carbs in it, but it has 10 grams of fiber they say it has 10 grams of net carbs because the fiber basically, every gram of fiber cancels out a gram of carb, or yeah, carbohydrate, right? Right. So, well, kind of. You, you were really close. It doesn't cancel out. It just isn't considered. So it's not like if I have 10 grams of fiber but t- 20 total, the 10 fiber doesn't cancel out the other 10. The 10 fiber just doesn't count. Hmm. Okay. So, right, right. I hope that made sense. But the other thing to look for is sugar alcohol. It doesn't digest either, and so that's added for some flavors. Um, if you have something with a lot of sugar alcohol in it, it can taste a little funky. I don't mind it. Some people hate it, but that is a way, like, if you're just craving something sweet, some things have sugar alcohol in it, and that helps with the, the sweetness and helps get that flavoring um, in there so it tastes better. And it doesn't digest, but it can cause some people, it makes you a little gassy. So just just kind of a heads up for a lot of people. Okay. Good to um, know. So that's, that's our carbs. Now, um, you don't have a lot of time. What I recommend for most people, because you only have a month left, but what I recommend yeah. for most people, play with your macros. Um, get my fitness pal and start tracking everything you eat. It's easier than it sounds because if it's a package thing, you just scan the back and my fitness pal has it nine times out of ten. If it's in something that you're making fresh, or let's just say you're eating an apple, you can just type in apple and it has a few different options. I usually don't pick the high or low one. I try and pick the middle one because you don't know. Does that apple have 75 calories or 40? I'll pick the option that says 60 because it's in between. Um, so, and then it'll, it'll break it down there. My fitness pal will let you set goals. Um, I recommend starting even, like I said, 35, 35, and 30. Um, and the, the low one is fat. Um, and the reason for that is, is a lot of people probably have a lot of fat in their diet anyway. It is what it is. That's kind of the American diet. Now, what I recommend is starting to play with those macros. If you do it for a week or two and you're not seeing a change, don't change your calories. Change your macros first. So I found out just through trial and error, for me, I, I do best on a low-fat diet. That's not everyone. I had a friend who was competing at the same time. She was female, and she did best on a low-carb diet. And it was funny because we'd have, be having our meals, and I would look over, and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, you get peanut butter. That sounds amazing because she could have the fat. And, but she'd look at me and she'd be like, you have rice? Oh, I miss rice. And so it was just what we could have. And so 
I will say in general, definitely not always. In general, guys tend to do better on low fat and girls tend to do better on low carb. That is not everyone. There's plenty of exceptions. But if you're I think if you're I do guy, okay try low fat first. Car- I think I do okay on low fat. Like I think basically basically I don't think carbs as long as I keep them at bay do a whole lot of damage to me. I don't think they anything that nothing really stagnates. That tends to be true. That tends to be true for men more than women. So women can get away a little bit more with with the ice creams, like the the peanut butters, the the oils, and men can get away more with like the sugary that type of thing. Um, but everyone's a little bit different. There's plenty of guys and girls that don't fit that rule. Um, so as you get closer, what I'm actually going to recommend, and it's terrible, it sucks. I'm so sorry, but you're going to go to 50% protein and 30% carbs and 20% fat, and that's oh, going to be dude. rough because you're going to be so sick. And yeah, dude, fit. Protein is unbelievably hard to keep high. It is so hard. It is. And this also right. means I can't have it much is. bacon. So this just sucks. Okay. So, I mean, I, I don't feel bad for you and you're no bacon. You're about to head into Thanksgiving. But, um, no, I no bacon. And, and it's funny because I tried doing I found, and I cannot find it again. I don't remember if I was at Costco or Sam's. But I found a decent turkey bacon that was lower fat, and I, I, I like plowed through that pack of bacon, and I went back, and I couldn't find it again. But I, I, I don't know if they just – it was like something they had. Maybe it was like it was like a phantom thing. It was only there one time. I don't know. But even turkey bacon can be pretty fatty, and it was it was a little sad. I'm gonna I, don't freaking, I wish I'd taken a picture. I don't know. I'm going to look for that turkey bacon then, dude. Freaking um, – so you're, you're no Ron Swanson then, it sounds like, unfortunately, even though you got the Ron Swanson mustache oh, going right now. If I'm not, I mean, if I'm not caring what I'm eating, then I'm I'm totally down for the bacon. But the fake bacon for now, it's true. You know, there's no <laughs> April to throw it in the trap. Um, yeah. Such, he's an American hero. He is. He is an American hero. I agree. Um, Wait, real quick, though. Uh, okay. So what would be a good ratio of, let's see, if it's 50%. So basically, I could have turkey bacon if it fits it where the protein is essentially double the amount of grams that the fat would be in, for example, a piece of bacon. Correct. That'd be okay, and right? I, like I said, brand, and I wish I had to find it again because it must have been at Costco because I went to Sam's and couldn't find it. But I don't even have a Costco membership. I just went with a friend one time, so maybe that's when I bought it. Um, but it's not at Sam's right now. So. You I'm can definitely try that. Okay. Yeah. See it. See, just, just spend some time in the, in the meat aisle. Look at the back and you just don't worry too much about the grams. Look at the percent. So just make sure the percent's low and then you can take it home and, and figure out how to make it. Work isn't the percent based on but the, that's ac- the biggest thing. But it's not based on my percent of macros though. It's based on its own. Correct. But when people ask me how many grams of fat should I have and like, I don't keep track of it. I, I, I can't tell you how many grams of fat I'm eating right now. I have to go look it up. Um, I mean, I can if you want me to real fast. No, no, no. But, I, I know what you're uh, saying, though. I get I get that. Because like, that's always going to vary on just how many grams you take in per day, period. Like how many calories you're consuming. But I've seen people get confused in the grocery store because they're looking at, well, well, you know, oh, four grams of fat doesn't sound like very much. Or eight grams of fat doesn't sound like very much because it has, you know... 20 grams of uh, carbs. And so they're like, the eight grams of fat doesn't sound very much, but fat is more dense. Remember that a gram of carbs is, is worth four calories 
and a gram of protein is worth four calories, but a gram of fat is worth nine. So it is two and a bit more times uh, more dense. I, I remember so, hearing that. So yeah, for sure. Don't look at the gram numbers. Look at that percent. Um, even though it doesn't necessarily apply to you, that that helps you convert it while you're standing there in the grocery store. You don't want to pull out a calculator. Just look and you're saying, oh, you know, this has, well, it has, you know, 20% of my daily fat. That might be a little bit more than I want for serving. And look at those serving sizes because they're, they'll try and scam you, man. Like you'll find ice cream and it's only like a hundred calories and you're like, this is amazing. And it's a pint with four servings. And so, I mean, that's, a, to me, a serving of ice cream is when your spoon hits the bottom, right? And so look at those servings. that actually. Yeah, absolutely. Look at the serving sizes on the carton and make sure because I do remember the serving size of the turkey bacon. It was only two pieces. It fit into my macro, but it was only two pieces. And so I had to actually chase it down with a protein shake to make it work, but I could still fit it in. Hmm. Okay. What was that again? It was going to be 50% protein. Um, so I would wait another week for that because you got, you got it five weeks goodness. left, it sounds like. Uh, no, yeah, let, I do have four. I do have four. It's because, well, here's, okay. It got, I guess we could decide that now because this is very official, right? So we're kind of just making the rules up as we go. But um, so one of my buddies that I talked to is actually going to weigh in. He's going to do the DEXA scan. I think he decided, <laughs> I think he decided to do it. And we were talking about it on the phone. I think he was talking about doing it after Thanksgiving. And I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and, and he's like, well, it's just going to be more convenient because I have to, because he lives in St. George. He's like, I have to go do it in Vegas. And it's, I was already going to be down. I was like, you know what? You do it when you want to do it. How about that? But I'm going to do it before Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's kind of how we decided. So if I did it the weekend before Thanksgiving, which it just comes down to what, do I want to do it the weekend before Thanksgiving or do I want to do it like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, right? I think do it the Wednesday before, but that's my style. My style is go to the last minute, go as hard as you can, and then, um, then you know, reward, like work hard and then play hard afterwards. Absolutely. Um, like my trainer and I have already discussed Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, and they're just free days. And he's like, I mean, don't go crazy, but go a little crazy. You know, I'm still a, a good year out from when I'm going to, sh- I think my show is in September next year. So it's still, we should check in with you. So assuming the yeah. podcast is still going strong, then we should have you oh, check in around that. Of course it will. Right. right. Um, okay. So if that's the case, if I do Wednesday, then I am five weeks out, excuse me, I'm five okay, weeks so- out today. So, okay. so, so we're recording a on a Wednesday. I hate it when I expose that during the, when I'm actually like in the middle of the people podcast. Get it. People but, get it. Yeah. Because this is obviously yeah. going to come out the next day, but right now people know it's not live. Um, so, okay, so I would I would get your protein up is the biggest thing. It keeps you full. It's the it's expensive though. It's the rough thing. So find a protein powder that isn't too bad. <clears throat> if you want the most effective protein powder out there, it's called ISO one hundred. Can be a little pricey though. By Dimatize, um, the orange creamsicle will change your life, but it's the most expensive flavor. Right now, I'm doing actually the Fruity Pebbles flavor. It's not bad. Worst things have happened. Um, mm. It's a little bit sweet. So that's my favorite. Um, my go-to cheaper protein is the Optimum Nutrition. Um, is, that the, way- is that the MP one, or which one is that one? Um, it's ON. You know what? I am holding a laptop. Oh, that's the black and red one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Optimum Nutrition is my kind of cheaper go-to one. Looks like this. Gold yep. standard. Yep. Right. And then... Um, I like ISO 100 is the Fruity Pebbles one is super um, helpful. Now, 
We're going to get into, so I need you to up your protein. I want you to do a protein shake first thing and last thing of the day. And that's going to be probably close to a third of your protein for the day. It'll be maybe not quite that much. But if you just do a scoop first thing, scoop last thing in the, at night, it keeps you full overnight. Um, it helps you build muscle overnight. And then it starts your day off right. Um, so, so that's what I do every single morning. And what do you do think about the fact that I do intermittent fasting, though? Um, so do it for what is your day and what is your night. So if you were starting, what are your hours? I generally, I try to give myself a four to six hour window of eating. I like to do like 18 to 20. Um, okay. So this is how I like to do it typically. And this is when I'm at my best. I feel like, um, I, I switched up my window because I saw a video. It's, do you know who Thomas DeLauer is? Thomas sounds familiar. He's a big YouTube fitness guy, big following, huge in the intermittent fasting world. Um, Talks about how there's actual studies that show fasting from mid-afternoon all the way to the next morning is somehow better. Even if the hours are the same, it has shown like participants had a very clear difference for the better, not in terms of like weight loss necessarily, but just like how their body was functioning. I can't remember the details behind that. I just remember that was the gist of it. And that to me resonated where it's just like, okay, the later you eat, the not as good it is. So a lot of people do the noon to 8 PM window, right? That was the one I started on since then I've shrunk it and I've actually really enjoyed cutting my window to around anywhere from like four to 6 PM. So I kind of subscribed to that whole thing. Like from now, now I've upped it to like two to three. PM, and then what I do is I'll work out in the mornings. A lot of times, if I wake up, like I like to wake up pretty early and get a workout in, and be done around nine AM, eight AM, and that's just because my work can afford it. I work from home; like I don't need to be like boom, boom. I can answer emails from the gym from my phone, things like that, if I had to. Uh, and then I like to break my fast right after my workout. I work out in a fasted state, generally speaking, almost always. And do it with a protein shake. So I start my day off with that anyway, but I don't end with a protein shake. So I could definitely start doing that, which would end around. So basically my window is anywhere from like 9 or 10 a.m. to 2 to 3 in the afternoon. Okay. So I can, I can definitely buy into the don't eat late at night thing. Um, it's your, your body has nothing to do with that food, but take it to bed with you and sleep. Um, and so you're not very active last thing in the day, or at least you shouldn't be, or you're not going to be, you know, getting a great night of sleep. No one needs to be, you know, running a mile and then get popping in bed. So I, I can, I can totally believe that. I personally don't like the intermittent fasting thing because I just get grumpy. It works great for a lot of people. Um, and I'm, I'm fine with not eating late at night. So whenever your day starts, start it and end it with the protein shake. Kind of, you're going to bookend that. And that'll help keep you full longer, and it'll help uh, with your overall protein intake that you need to get. Um, oh, you said something else that I wanted to chime in with, but but that's okay. Um, so how many meals are you eating in that time, too? Oh, generally, there's one. Um, one. When I'm at my best, this is when I'm at my best, so this isn't always, but, like, I'll like to supplement snacks with, like, you know, like some apples, bananas, grapes, all carb fruits, pretty much. Not, I'll take a handful of carrots these days. I heard, by the way, raw carrots lowers estrogen in your body. Have you heard that? I have not heard that. If you look I, it up, it shows it. Like it basically can naturally increase testosterone levels. 
which I thought was fascinating. But yeah, raw carrots will absorb estrogen. Um, <laughs> That's so. amazing. No, I hadn't heard that. Okay. Yeah, there's so that. Bugs Bunny, he's got to be like a, like he's jacked. That's why, you know, he walks around. That's right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. And all um, rabbits for that matter. Right. So, oh, jackrabbit. I see what you did there, Mike. All the puns today. It's a very dad-centric joke today. Um, so here's what we're going to do. I'm, you're lifting weights in the morning, or you're doing weights and cardio, or just... Yeah, cardio? yeah, no weights and cardio. I like to... Uh, my routine of the last couple months, and I think it's been good. I, th- I think it's been good. What do you think? So for the audience at home, he's flexing, and... Uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> okay. Is that how they do so, it in the, the forum competition? Yeah, you're the try guy. I mean, you, the try guy's got nothing on you. So nice triceps. So here's what I'm going to make you do probably for the last month. And it sucks, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to break up your um, cardio and your weights, but your cardio will probably be less intense. You're going to do your weights first thing in the morning. That's what your body's used to. And the weights are the more important of the two. But at the end of the day, after you close your window, you're going to do cardio and that cardio may just be going for a walk for 20 or 30. I actually minutes. like that. I'm I love I love just going on a walk and they say walking is the most efficient way to burn calories. It's easy yep. on the body, you're not hard on the joints, all that stuff. I I'm a big fan of that. So, but this is what I do. So, I'll lift and I'll lift pretty heavy. I'll I'll go pretty hard and I should probably lighten that up unless I want to stay super hungry because what what happens when I freaking lift hard is that I get so hungry especially at night it freaking kills me so i don't know maybe i should mitigate that with just lighter lifts i don't know and then um, don't go crazy lighter um but here here's the thing if you're doing cardio or you're sorry if you're doing weights and then cardio right after um and you're taking away that cardio you won't be as hungry and then we're going to replace that cardio with a walk the reason being is your body's going to get two metabolic bumps during the day the first metabolic bump is when you're lifting weights you're burning a lot of energy you're, you're burning some calories. Then you're going to do a less big metabolic bump later in the night. And I just want you to go for a 30-minute walk. Your goal is at least three miles. Um, you can probably do a little bit in more. In 30 minutes? Three miles? Ten minutes a mile? For a walk? Uh, that's not a walk, dude. That's a light jog. Sorry. I, you were right. A mile and a half. I was doing three laps around because I, I do my night yeah. walks in my apartment complex, and it's a half mile. I, I misspoke. That is not three miles. That is three laps, which for me is a mile and a half. Yeah, sorry. There we go. I was going to say, dude, you are like, I walk like anywhere. My mile is like 16 to 18 minutes walking. So yeah, mile and a half. Right, right. No, that's that's up for me. Yeah. Well, because, and I I will have some people that, um, and so, yeah, sorry, I misspoke there. So it should be about, about a mile and a half, right? Um, so, uh, so it's about a three mile an hour thing, but I'll have people that were like, oh, I've been going for a walk and, you know, I'm not seeing much results. And then you'll find out that they're really just moseying. Like now this is not a run, but you're walking with a purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. I I do that fine. Yeah. My Apple watch tells me, keeps me all in line there. Like I, I really do. I'll get closer to two miles in about a 30 minute window. Um, Okay. I, I just like it. I like going out there and walk. And they also said too. What's nice about burning calories through a walk is that when you go any harder than that cardio-wise, I've heard that that actually does not contribute to hunger. Because if you – sorry, if you do go harder cardio-wise, you will be more hungry. Like your body will like – I don't know what, what deficiency takes place, but that happens. And so if you're walking, it's the way you burn calories. It's efficient and your body doesn't feel this need to like reconsume, to replenish all the energy you just – just spent basically 
and your body uses different sources um, during different strenuous levels. And so you're trying to burn fat here. And so that's a lower strenuous level. Um, yeah, if you look at, you know, marathon runners who, to them, they're, they're going, you know, not as fast as they can go, but they're going for a really long time. And that's, that's what happens. They burn fat. You know, maybe that's not the best example because they're still running, but they're not, they're not by any means sprinting. You know what I mean? They're, it's, it's right. a long thing. Um, that's interesting. Okay. So no cardio at all right after I lift weights. Cause right now my current, my current routine is to lift and then hit the treadmill and go on an incline. I'll still be walking, but it's at least a little bit more intense. My heart rate is like usually around 130 and because I'll do like about an 8% incline on the treadmill just for like 20 to 30 minutes is all. 20% of the incline and then 10 minutes of just like cooling down straight, same same speed. But. Right. What, um, what speed are you going on the treadmill? 3.3. I don't know. I just picked it. 3.5 feels a little bit uncomfortable. 3.3 feels nice. 3 feels way too slow, so... So, so I'll say this, we're adding the walk at the end of the night, regardless of what you choose, you decide how much, uh, you, you can do cardio wise because of how much time you have, how much energy you have. We don't want you getting so hungry that you're, that you're dying. Right. So we're adding the cardio as a, an extra metabolic boost, but we're not really upping your calories. So the reason I was taking the cardio out in the morning was because I just don't want you to just absolutely, you know, just being gassed out and you're done. Um, if you can do both cardios, that's fine. That'll be a judgment call you have to do. But either way, we're adding the cardio at night. Okay. All right. We can so do that. Try it at night. See how you feel. Maybe the next day you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I tried it two days in a row and I still have enough energy. I'm doing both. And it's not a forever thing. And that's, and that's the thing with, with what we're doing here. This is not a forever thing. This is a right now thing. And so because you have a goal that you're trying to achieve. Maintaining a goal is always so much easier than getting to that goal. So it's okay to go a little crazy to hit a goal because when you you get there, it's just easier to maintain, right? The, yeah. We'll see on Instagram these you know huge jacked out of their mind dudes that are eating pizza, and you're like, oh, it's not fair. Well, it's different for them than it is for you and me because they got there. They can afford some of those things. You can't really afford those things to get to that place. Once you're there, you can afford them. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That makes perfect so sense. So this okay. is probably not a forever thing. It's probably a you know, win my, my competition thing. This is my form competition, but for, but like when my, when my not form competition, but my, my body fat percentage competition, but my form should, my, I better be ripped by the end of this, Mike. If not. Oh, dude, a month, a month. You can't get ripped in a month. We'll get you, we will get you better than, we will get you better than you were, you know? And that's, that's, that's I mean, I that's what I tell my patients all the time. Cause all the patients come in, you know, all oh, my pains at a nine. And I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to get it down to a zero. But what if I can get it down to a three? You know what I mean? Like, we have to have realistic expectations. I can get you ripped if you give me six months. No problem. But a month. Eh, dude, well, that's so we'll insulting. It would take six. Do I need to take my shirt off right now, dude? Six months? I don't need six months to get ripped. Ooh, ooh we're, we're sparking controversy. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you look like shirtless, but I bet you need six months to do it well and do it right. Honestly. <laughs> that's well, probably, probably true. Probably, that's probably true. Okay, wait, hold on. On stage, that's different. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about on stage. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. But here's the okay. thing. When you make a rapid change, it's harder to hold on to. Studies show Absolutely. that people who go on crazy bench diets, they don't maintain it. They don't do well because they change too fast. They didn't make it a lifestyle. They made it um, 
like a project, right? And when you're done with the project, what do you do? You don't keep doing the project. And so in six months, we could get you to some crazy good spots and then you'd maintain it. We could get you there maybe in like six weeks, but it wouldn't be fun. And you'd, you'd probably end up worse than where you are now. Not that where you are is bad, but that's the pattern that people tend to do with diets is they, they you know, oh, I'm getting ready for this wedding and I'm going to, you know, I'm getting ready for this beach vacation. And they look amazing for that vacation for the Instagram or for the wedding. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, six weeks later, you're like, oh, you are not the person I saw on Instagram. And they're they not. They rebound because horribly. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, yeah, I actually wasn't talking about. I wasn't talking about form competition ripped. I was talking like six pack. A six pack would be oh, yeah. sweet. Okay. I wouldn't Fair need enough. six months for that, right? I mean, I don't know what you look like shirtless, and I'm okay with that. So, um, <laughs> I mean, you said you said you were in the fifteen to twenty percent body fat range. Most guys start to have abs in the twelve ish range, maybe ten. Um, everybody looks solid with eight. I try and hang out at ten. Right now, I'm probably hanging out at like. 15 or 16 i'm not super lean but i'm trying to get a little bit of size on so a lot of that also comes down to how much muscle you have on your body obviously but like absolutely that was the other thing i was gonna say you mentioned that your buddies are a uh, fit keep in mind that everyone stores fat in different ways and if you're the type dude, of person dude i can't... lost you i lost you for like 10 seconds i'm gonna need you to repeat oh, that no. sorry that's fine that's fine i'll repeat so uh sorry to all the listeners too so everybody holds fat a little bit differently um, and so 15% on you could look really different than 15% on somebody else. And that's just the way it is. If you hold fat in your belly and not elsewhere, and you'll see guys at the gym that have amazing arms. And I'm like, man, I wish I had biceps like that guy, but he's got a belly and I'm not down with that. He just holds fat differently than you are. So don't worry about, that's why I say, don't worry about the numbers, worry about how you're progressing because you'll see people that they're, the fat is evenly distributed on them. And they're just lucky that way genetically. And so it looks like they're pretty lean, but they're actually kind of a high body fat because it's just spread out. Or you'll see guys that they, they hold, or maybe girls, they hold all their fat in their legs and they're, they're wearing like baggy pants. And you're like, dang, they're so fit. But they just happen to hold the fat in the legs and they know how to dress to cover it up. Um, and so, so don't worry too much about, you know, what someone else's body fat is. Kind of, you know, worry about your own thing. And then the, just the direction you're trending. It doesn't really matter where you are. It's where you're trying to go and the trajectory of that, as long as you're moving in the right direction. And the speed For doesn't sure. matter too much unless you have a competition where you have to be by Thanksgiving. Well, all right. One last question. I appreciate it, Dr. Mike. You've been incredible. I should be paying for this. This is like a, a fitness coaching I mean, I, I should be paying. I'm on this podcast two times in a row. I'm coming, I'm coming for Chase. I'm going to beat him. He's the most popular guest. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> you should be paying me, actually, now that you mentioned it. No. Uh, so is it 50, 25, 25 for macro? That's my last question. 50% protein is what you want me doing next week, or is it 25, 25? So I would do a little bit lower fat because, we like, like I said, most men tend to do better. Not everybody, but most men tend to do better with low fat. So I would go, like, 50 30, or 20. 45. Somewhere in there for the protein, and then like thirty or so for the carbs, maybe thirty-five, and then twenty or twenty-five, whatever the math. I lost count. Uh, adds up. Yeah, to you're right. You're on. Yeah, right. And then so, so between carbs and fat, it's either thirty twenty or thirty-five fifteen wow. breakdown. Yeah. Right. You're going to be shocked how much that is. Go to go to Sam's. Go to Costco. Just get the lean. Get the chicken tenderloins because they tend to be the lower fat version. Don't get the chicken breasts. Um, get the tenderloins. And then do you have an Instapot? I have a um, an air fryer. 
okay, that's fine. I, I actually like the beans pot because I threw it in there for 30 minutes and it can fit like five pounds of chicken. And I just, I honestly, I dump in whatever low calorie, you can find low calorie barbecue sauces are my favorite. Um, Sweet Baby Ray's, who is in my opinion, one of the better barbecue sauces, they just came out with a sugar-free one that only has like three grams of carbs or something like that. And so I'll just do like a third of a bottle of Sweet Baby Ray's, five pounds of chicken. I throw it in the Instant Pot and I come back, you know, 45 minutes later. And then uh, I actually bought on Amazon one of those chicken shredders. They're amazing. You like put it in there and you go like this, you move it back and forth and it shreds the chicken for you. And shredded chicken is my go-to, like, two or three meals a day. It's kind of a bummer, but it is what it is. Is an Instapot a Crock-Pot? Okay, yeah, yeah. An Instapot is like a Crock-Pot, but it's uh, it's way faster. Most Crock-Pots are, like, overnight. Instapot, it does pressure. It's basically a pressure cooker. Um, but it, it, it'll Crock-Pot for you, but in, like, an hour instead of, like, overnight. Hmm. So they're about 100 bucks on Amazon. And I think they're uh, actually, I think it's more like 75, but yeah, I'll show you. I know the audience at home can't see, but it looks like this guy right here. It looks like a pressure cooker, a fancy, uh, a fancy crock pot. And you, it'll cook like a five pounds of chicken in like an hour. So love it. Okay. I think we're good. Do you have any, do you have any good scary Halloween stories as we uh, come to a close here? Wrap it up. Happy Halloween, October. Ooh. It wasn't Halloween, but I did serve my mission on the res. And uh, this was an interesting story. I don't even know why I'm telling. I never tell this story. I actually kind of don't like the story. It kind of freaks me out. But uh, I'll set the scene. On the res, there are, (laughs) I know, right? There's, I mean, all those stories about skinwalkers and stuff, there's probably something to it. Because there's some weird stuff that happens up there. So keep in mind on the res, I was in a city called Chinle on the Navajo Reservation. And there is, I think there were two paved roads and one stop sign, right? So most of your, your people don't live on a paved road. Most of them just live out there in the middle of nowhere. We actually had GPSs because we didn't have cell phones. The cell phones didn't work very reliably up there. But we did have a GPS that worked reasonably well. And you would just GPS where people's houses were so you could drive out to their houses and find them. Because there wasn't roads. There was, like, sometimes there were dirt roads. But, I mean, to get to people's houses, we would literally drive through, like, ditches sometimes um, so when it rained, you couldn't go visit some people because there'd be water in the ditch. They were just, you couldn't go there. <laughs> and so that's, that's the type of place we were. And um, I remember we went into this house that was in the middle of nowhere, kind of like everywhere. The, the closest other house was probably a quarter mile, maybe a half mile. And it was just kind of an open, barren desert field. And we went inside this little hogan, you know, that had um, kind of a dirt floor and everything. And we, we did whatever we were doing. And I remember we went in and it was kind of dusk. It was like sun was setting. It was getting late. We went in, did our lesson, blah, 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 and we came out. And I remember we had parked maybe like 20 yards away, 30 yards away, and I think it was because it had rained and it was a little muddy. So we parked further away than we normally would. And I remember as we, like, left this, like, Hogan and we're going to the car, um, you know, and it's, it's dark by now, but we're in the middle of nowhere. And I remember about halfway to the car, this dude out of nowhere is just like, hey, and, and it's the res, and uh, I'll be honest, there's a lot of panhandlers. And I remember thinking, what is this dude doing out here in the middle? We are nowhere near, like, you know, the downtown, the one stoplight. And this dude out of nowhere tries to, like, hey. And I'm like, ooh, it's dark. I don't know what you're doing out here. I was like, sorry, man, we, we got an appointment, which was not true. But uh, I was like, I'm not interested in talking to you. And I start to walk towards the car. 
And I go in and I get in the truck because we had trucks. So you can drive through, you know, ditches and things. And my companion's not there. And I look out the back window and this dude has my companion by the shirt. Like, like the tie is between his hands and he's got my companion. And my companion is not moving. And I'm like, what has happened? And I honk the horn real fast. And my companion, like, seems to kind of snap out of it. And he, he kind of throws his hands up and breaks the guy's arms off of him. And my companion runs and gets in the truck. And he goes, drive, drive, drive. And I'm like, oh, what's happening? And I, I just floor and pull out. And I remember looking in the rearview mirror. And this guy is just staring at us, just staring, like, the whole time. As far as, And, I mean, it's dark, so I couldn't see him for very long. And I turned to my companion, and I said, what was that about? And my companion says, he was muttering something, and I felt weird, and I couldn't move. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what was that? And he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. He's like, can we say a prayer? And I was like, yeah, can we say a prayer? So yeah, we said a prayer. But I'm not going to stop driving, so you say it. <laughs> Absolutely. I was I like, do. no, I don't, I don't know. Like, And I'm like, we can't call and warn these people, so I don't know. But, uh, I mean, they're, but here's the bottom line. God gives his followers power. Why would we think Satan wouldn't do the same? And we know that Satan cares more about flashy and God cares more about real. And so that was the moral of that story. I think Satan can absolutely do some weird, funky things. They're real showy and maybe not real resultsy. Um, but the bottom line is, is God's always more powerful. But yeah, that was, I don't know, you asked for a scary story that jumped to my mind. Um, it was weird. I don't know where that guy came from because when we left the house, there was no one around. I guess I didn't really look thoroughly. But the nearest neighbor was like a quarter mile away, at least, maybe a half mile. I don't know where this guy came from, but my companion's words were, I felt weird and I couldn't move. <laughs> I was like, oh. Dude, so, that's wild. That is yeah, wild. Halloween. Thanks for sharing. He is Dr. Mike Hansen coming on to give me some physical fitness advice because he's a former competition winner for form whatever, whatever, and uh, yeah. is yeah. going to win it again next year. So. We're rooting right, for you, thanks, man. man. I appreciate you coming on. It's always fun, always willing, and hopefully people are still listening. We're an hour in. <laughs> <laughs> good point. I'm sure they are. Thanks for taking the time, Mike. Have a good one, my friend. All right. See you. All right. Gospel thought segment. So talking today, Second Nephi 4. Does that sound significant to anybody? Well, that's what we refer to the chapter as Nephi's psalm. Lehi passes away, and Nephi starts to kind of lament the situation he's in. So here's what I wrote down for 2 Nephi 4, specifically verse 35. Nephi is lamenting his own situation. His father just passed away, and he is feeling down about himself and how he succumbs to sin. But he comes full circle and gives his testimony again. This is what he says. Yea, I know that God will give liberally to him that asketh. Yea, my God will give me if I ask not amiss. Therefore, I will lift my voice unto thee. Now, two sides to this. One of that is which we actually get what we want. I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's very clearly illustrated in uh, when Alma the Younger is talking about kind of how he wishes he could be more than he was. And then he's like, I know that God will grant to me what I wish. He will grant to all men what they wish, whether it be for their good or for their ultimate bad. Now, he doesn't obviously say it that way, but it's right along those lines. Nephi is saying the same thing here in this verse. But the other side of this is he says, if I ask not amiss. So then the question then becomes, what does it mean to ask not amiss? And once again, 
I think it ties back to self-honesty or what you would refer to as intellectual honesty. Nephi is saying that God will give to me what I ask from him, as long as it is well thought out and that I know what I should ask for. He gives us the chance to do an honest self-exploration and understanding of who we are and what we need. This is a cycle that is regularly repeated in the scriptures. The brother of Jared had to come up with the idea of gathering stones like the glass and have the finger of the Lord touch them for necessary light. The scriptures are replete with these scenarios. God will lead us as long as we ask not amiss. I think this has to do with a lot with the laws of the universe. I think God is putting us on trial here. He's testing. He's saying, all right, I'll give you what you want, but you have to ask for it. And I want it to be exactly what you know you need. Not Maybe not exactly, but at least on the long lines of what you know you need in order to promote your own well-being, in order to promote goodness and everything around you and to lift others up. Uh, so I wrote that down a while ago, and I wrote actually a little bit more on it too. Along those lines, how do we ask not amiss? To ask not amiss is to ask the Lord for what we need, not necessarily what we want, although those things at times can overlap. How do we know that what we need is what the Lord wants from us? And that's when it comes down to, once again, intellectual honesty, honesty with oneself. If you're lying to yourself, you'll never know how to ask not amiss from the Lord. So it's a lot of self-exploration, a lot of self-honesty. Asking not amiss requires us to really, really get into the weeds of who we are, of what we need, and asking God specifically, is this what we need and can we have it? And then going there and, and doing your best. So anyway, I thought that was interesting that we will go, we get what we want ultimately, but in order to be exalted, we have to want what is right for us. How do we connect those dots? How do we start to understand to want what is right for us. Anyway, just some quick little thoughts. Like I said, I've been back in the Book of Mormon again. I've been reading some of the conference talks again. There are some there are some really good ones out there. Um, Elder Renlard stands out probably the most right now. The, the personal revelation was very, very good. Anyway, probably uh, tie in some of those as I move forward. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for sticking in there with me. Love you all. Um, I want to... Uh, say that I will do at least one more for the month of October um, because I like the scary story aspect of things. Also, I was thinking maybe I'd want to review a Hocus Pocus 2, uh, do, do a review for that movie because it's, I saw like the first half hour and I was like, this movie is terrible. And I think it'd be kind of fun to maybe review it. Problem is that means I'd have to sit down and actually watch the rest of it. I'm not sure I'm willing to do that, but we'll see. I might just do it just for you. Anyway, have a, have a good one all. We'll see you next week.